This is the number one topic in real estate right now. Why interest rates went up and now why interest rates are going to be coming down. If rates go down, you can afford to borrow more money. That's That's pretty straightforward. Making money more viable, meaning your dollar will go further. Short-term gain for maybe some short-term pain. Why do you think the market's not going to crash? There's no way to predict exactly what's going to happen with interest rates. Trying to forecast that is not really a investment strategy. Don't wait for them to go back to 3%, but we're going to go celebrate once they're around the fives. Hey, you're going to save on your monthly payment, but that entire time of paying rent while you wait for the rates to go from 7 to 5%, it's going to be a wash. Welcome back to Millennia, the no BS real estate solutions for millennials, entertaining you while facing real life issues and giving you the tools, resources, and know-how to keep you moving up towards your housing goals. We're your hosts, Jen Anusky and Seth Lejeune, coming out of the greater Philadelphia area, and we are Millennia. All right, welcome to Millennia. Welcome to Millennia, everybody. Oh, look, scene change. Yeah, we were messing around with different sets here. So if you're watching this on YouTube, that's what you are seeing. This time, we are going to talk a little bit about interest rates. This and I is, can freely talk with my hands without having to worry about the microphone that's, that's in right. my true fashion. I know. We get the full gen experience here at this point. We are going to be talking a little bit about interest rates here. This is. We're going to be talking entirely about interest rates here. <laughs> But not forever, Jen. <laughs> We're not going to be talking forever about it. But I think we can we can break this down pretty easily for you. This is the number one topic in real estate right now. And ever since they've gone up, that has been the case. I'm going to actually talk in the beginning here about the economic perspective. There's a lot of people out there who don't really understand what inflation is or how interest rates work or who decides what interest rates are going to do. And I'm not going to bore well, correction. I think that the definition of inflation is just a misconception or just a blanketed statement of inflation is just that everybody raises the cost of things and that's it. Yeah. So I, I, I want to give a little bit of a primer because a lot of people listening to this podcast probably are not economists, obviously. I want to give context to the idea of why interest rates went up and now why interest rates are going to be coming down. And then we're going to get a little bit into what we think is going to happen with 24 and 25. And that'll be crystal ball time. It's a very salesman thing to say with, oh yeah, rates are going to go down. But it's like, yeah, that's really wishful thinking. But you know me, I just, I said this to you the other day. You can make a decision or say something that is completely valid, but unless I know why, I'm going to fight you on it and push back all the live long day until I actually Well, you're, you're in luck because I'm going to explain why, if you look at the forward-looking data, that we'll have a prediction for where we think rates are going to go. Yes. And again, among buyers and sellers, this is the number one topic is what is going on with interest rates because if unless you have been not engaged in the housing market for the last few years, you wouldn't know this, but the uh, interest rates went up the fastest in U.S. history, and now they are slated to uh, be coming down in 2024. So we'll get into all that. Do you want me to start with just some economic tidbits and just explain some some broad strokes here, and then you can get into what it means for our what results. it means in layman's terms. In, in layman's yeah. terms, so I'll be the technical, and then she becomes the practical. So, guys, just as a general term, inflation, it gets thrown around a ton in media circles, economic circles, and even realtors and lenders. They talk about it cavalierly because, it's frankly, we have to understand what it is in order to explain it to our clients. But inflation is essentially just the amount of money in the system. 
Imagine if you had $1,000 in the entire world, how valuable those dollars would be if those were required in order to buy goods and services. Imagine then you have $100 trillion. The value of that money would go way, way down because it would just be everywhere. So the idea is that inflation is essentially the amount of money in the system and the amount of money it takes to buy just regular goods and services. So a loaf of bread is $3 and then it becomes five. And it's just because the dollar is less valuable. So during COVID, what we did is essentially print a ton of money. And I think economists are going to look back and at that time from 2020 to 2023 or 2022, they're going to look back at it with the same scrutiny as like 2008 and even the Great Depression. There's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking. Should have we printed all this money? We put a lot of stimulus out there. We saved a lot of companies. We just gave out a lot of money. But in order to do that, the government had to print a lot. So basically what happened between 2020 and 2022 is the money supply expanded enormously. And so what that does is it devalues the dollar. And so that's why your dollar does not go as far at the gas tank or in the grocery store or when you're going to do regular things, consume goods and services. So what the Fed, which is the Federal Reserve, has done over the last year and a half has attempted to pull more money out of the system, making money more valuable, meaning your dollar will go further. And they do that by raising interest rates. Now, I'm not going to get into the technicalities of what like interest rates do to like inflation exactly, but just know that they want to slow down the flow of money in the economy by raising interest rates. If it's more expensive to borrow money, whether you're borrowing for a house, you're doing something with a small business, you're uh, buying a car, they want to make it, believe it or not, in kind of like a screwed up way, they want to make it prohibitive for you to be able to do that. Because if they don't, then you get what's called runaway inflation, and then the whole system comes apart. So it's always just like a balancing act. The Fed has been very communicative in what they've been doing, and they've been trying to cut the amount of money in the market and trying to slow down the economy because it was like a freight train through COVID, which nobody really expected to happen, but it happened nonetheless. And you mean you didn't expect to have a global pandemic in your lifetime? No, but it, like everyone thought when the pandemic hit, like everything was going to close. And there were people talking about 100% turnover of small businesses, meaning every small business would fail at some point. But the only way that didn't happen is because the government came in and just produced an enormous amount of money and kept everything afloat until everyone could get back to business. This had a huge implication for housing too. Housing costs went up. The price of everything went up. Contractors were charging through the nose because of lumber. Supply chains were disrupted. Like all these things came together to create a perfect storm of a pretty high inflationary market. And again, the Fed just raises rates to keep that under control. Last month, they came out and said they are pretty much done raising rates. And the entire real estate market had a complete and utter bonanza festivus celebration. Interest rates have gone from basically about 2.75%. All They went all the way up to about eight in mm -hmm. a span of about 18 months. I would say that Which is we're done. also difficult to be able to predict the market. Yeah. Because when we used to be able to look back at any like market reports for certain areas, by the time the data is actually gathered and the reports are like put out, it's not even applicable anymore because now it's like, well, rates just changed again, which affects yeah. the buyer's pool. Um, and then just, you know, creates more of that rate lock effect for sellers. And then that creates inventory issues. It's been difficult to even be able to predict what is trending in any market. The Fed's been pretty communicative, though. They've been pretty open about, hey, we're going to keep raising rates. So don't expect us to just pull. But how the rates 
being raised and then how the mortgage markets and how they price loans, meaning like the interest rate you'd actually pay at the settlement table. So that's another thing that I wanted to make sure people were aware of is that if the Fed can raise rates and mortgage rates can actually go down, they are not like inextricably linked, but they do follow the same trend. So the Fed has been saying, hey, listen, we're going to raise rates, like just get used to it, buckle up. And the thing that happened in December was they said, we're done. We feel that the adjusted rate of inflation has now fallen to a point where we can just now keep interest rates where they are to keep that suppressive effect, but we don't have to keep raising them and being overreactive to them. Some economists would argue that they were too aggressive with rates and that they probably could have raised it to six and a half and let it ride. But I think the Fed was not taking any chances. Everything became more expensive. So, so what you're saying is they printed so much money. So there's so much money out in front of us. Oh my God, look at all this money. That's a cactus. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, so there's all this money. So they say, oh, look, there's all this money that like people have and the economy has. So they're going to just raise the prices just because there's this much money. Yes, because they, they want to actually take money out of the system. So what I'm hearing is more money, more problems. More money, much more problems. If you really want to do a deep dive on inflation, go to pretty much any country in Southern Africa or lots of countries in South America, because what they've done is decided that the government would just issue as much money as it, that was needed. And that's when you get into hyperinflation. So Venezuela, Zimbabwe, I think it's like a dollar in Zimbabwe equals like $5 trillion. It's like ridiculous. It's like there's no value to any of the money. So then the entire economy collapsed. They printed more money to be able to help during the pandemic, to be able to help people. Okay. So because they printed that much more money. So really it's a risk reward of short-term gain and short-term relief for long-term kind of like, lack of a better word, like punishment. And that's the balance. So it's like short-term gain for maybe some short-term pain. And that's if you get long-term gain for short-term pain, obviously that's a good one, but you- Which is where we're at right now, at least in like the real estate market is a short-term pain for a long-term gain. Yeah. And we'll get into that in one of the next few episodes. Yeah. Well, listen, let's talk about what would episode. happen. Let's talk about what would happen in real estate. Imagine if prices just kept going up, 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 and it was really cheap to borrow money. Let's say the Fed never raised the rates. What do you think a house that was worth $500,000 in 2021 would be worth now? It would be worth it would, it would just everything would keep going up. If you just take real estate as a sampling of how rates affect the economy, it's pretty easy to see. You raise the cost to borrow money. That makes it prohibitive for people to actually do that transaction. Mm -hmm. And that's really what they're trying to do is that they say cool the economy, but they're trying to kill off the economy a little bit. It is a balance. There's a lot of levers. They watch a lot of data. But then know. I am actually then going to ask the question that everybody is thinking or may have thought yep. is, so then why do you think the market's not going to crash? In terms of housing, the thing that has propped up the economy despite these rates is the fact that there is it's just supply and demand. There's just not enough inventory out there. And there's a lot of people who want to buy houses. Mm -hmm. The market is exp was more expensive in 2023. It's going to get cheaper in 2024. But it wasn't like, listen, the rates go to 15%, 16%. That crashes a house economy. Like, that's what happened in the 80s. Would they, give boomers one less thing to be able to say that they did that we didn't. I know. I know. So, <laughs> but I'm not trying to get there. They can have that yeah, one. They, Keep they, it. They do have that. Hey, listen, they have that one. Gen X has the Great Recession. This is what the millennials, have, the generation and the Gen Z generation have to deal with. 
that is completely normal. I think I said that on like our first, maybe it was like in our introduction episode. I said that. I said every generation has had a thing. We just get the uh, ripple effect from all of them. Yeah, but. <laughs> we get the emotional damage of every single one. Yeah, but I bet you there are boomers sitting around saying, you know, silent generation screwed up after World War II. It's, yeah. it's you know, shitting on the shitting on the younger generation. Which is, is what we is said in prior episode that we're going to try not to do. It's all for sport. All right, layman's terms. Very basic. If rates go down, you can afford to borrow more money. That's, That's pretty it. straightforward. Our lovely editor is going to put up this lovely graph I put together. If you're listening to this, it's going to be a lot to follow along with, but do your best. I was going through to be able to give at least like a real life situation of how much of an impact interest rates make. I want to break this down for you. So we are talking about test property in Real Place, Pennsylvania. So for those who don't know, in the MLS, there is a way to look up a buyer's net sheet. So these numbers are very are real numbers that are estimated that factor in everything that goes into your payments like homeowners insurance so i got it as exact as i could that would be practical in real life at test property road they purchased it for four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in november of 2023 now we're gonna guess that it was about a seven percent interest rate and that would make the payment three thousand four hundred and eighty dollars they got in at four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars now for those people who say i don't want to buy a house until rates go down. No problem, because as you're gonna see here, the payments do go down. Stay with me here. Somebody waits until rates go down to about 6%. Now they wanna start getting in. So that same exact house that was purchased for $425,000 has now appreciated to $450,000 because what history shows is that houses always appreciate even when rates go down. So houses are always going to increase in value as time goes in on. In fact, as rates go down, they should appreciate more. Yeah, and it's just going to be because the, it's cheaper to borrow money, and the payments go down, so people are willing to spend more. Yes. Now that same house, because you waited until rates went down to six percent, you are saving some money. You're saving about a hundred dollars because now the payment is three thousand three hundred and seventy-five dollars versus three thousand four hundred and eighty dollars. You're going to wait even longer. You say, "Nope, I'm not going to get out." until the rates are at 5%, which by the way, if you want our expert opinion, I think is an excellent rate to be able to have. I think that's a good goal to set for yourself. What what rate? Five. Five? I think that's fine to at least, okay, if we're comparing to seven, 8%. Okay. Four is ideal in, in my opinion, like real opinion. Zero is ideal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and go rent. Yeah, go rent. No, it's 100% when you rent. Sure. Okay. So anyway, getting me off to, uh, topic. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, don't want, I don't want Jim blowing a gasket over here. <laughs> but sorry, I don't think five is a bad interest rate. No, it's not. It's, it's fine. Okay. I will retract what I said about the best. It is not a bad interest rate to have. <laughs> Happy. Okay. So now this person, let's call him Jim. I need a per, I need a real person. So Jim goes out and he's like, rates are at 5% because Jen said that's a really good place to go look at houses for. So now, because the house appreciated for the exact same house, you are spending $475,000 for that house, even up to $500,000 for that house, because now you're in a very competitive bidding war. So now you're going to have to outbid and work harder and pay more for that house, because now that interest rates are at 5%, so many other people are out there. Yep. So you're paying up to $3,400 
which is only $80 less than when it was at 7% interest rate at $425,000. Oh, by the way, you've waited probably two years or a year and a half and you've hemorrhaged all that cash into someone else's mortgage by renting. This is super granular, but it's super important. There's a lot of different ways to unpack these numbers because as these rates go down, guys, there's going to be more people piling into the market. You and I have probably, what, onboarded 10 new buyers in the last month or so with people just hey, I saw the rates are coming down and we want to get the process started. And that was not the case this time last year. Everybody, everyone was worried that the rates were going to keep going up. And we had a whole episode about Barbara Corcoran and she was right. She's been in the business forever. And she said, you guys need, people you, need Barbara. to get in because it's, as the rates go down, it's going to become a much more attractive thing. So to finish my point and my example, Jim over here, that even if somebody were to wait until rates go down to 4% at $500,000, which is now what you're going to end up buying for that same exact house, 4% interest rate, your payment's going to be $3,100. But the person who bought it at $425,000 at a 7% interest rate is now going to be able to kick back, put their feet up with a nice glass of wine in their hand and be like, oh, look at all of them fighting each other to be able to get a house and just call up their lender and say, I'd like to refinance, please. And now their mortgage payment is going to go down to $2,721 when the person who is waiting for rates to go down to 4% is going to be spending $3,100. Listen, if it was like, okay, the rates are going to be four on X date. Right. You could maybe put together a model that would work to make it a sound real estate strategy because you actually are working on information that you like that's known. But we have no idea when we'll get to five or four. And if you're just waiting for like a number because of a calculation you've done in like a Zillow dashboard. Oh my God, please don't. Yeah, do please that. don't do that. That's not a thing. They're trying to get you to contact They're trying them. to they get you to clicks so and then you get into Zillow loans and then you get one of their lenders and then we won't talk about <laughs> Zillow. But anyway, uh, at the end of the day, guys, there's no way to predict exactly what's going to happen with interest rates. So trying to forecast that is not really a investment strategy. The other thing that we, a lot of lenders have gotten very creative with very affordable refinances. So usually with, with a refi, you have to actually get new title insurance. You have to, there's all kinds of fees, but most of the lenders that we work with now are finding ways to just recast the entire loan once rates go down. So actually this is something that we brought up in a like prior episode that we like glossed over because we were gonna touch on it later. And I think this is later. You're getting advice from people who are gonna tell you, oh, just refinance, like it's nothing, like it doesn't cost money. It does, but the way that things used to be, yes, you have to then just pay through another whole process again to be able to refinance the house. But because times have changed, we are facing new and different issues, the people who are involved in these, so the banks, the lenders, they are trying to be able to keep up with the issues and be able to have programs available to combat those. So with these high rates and knowing that they are going to go down over the next three, five years, what he was talking about is our lender, for example, has a program where you can refinance in the next five years and they will not charge you those refi fees. That doesn't mean if there's title has certain fees, there's yeah, that. Yeah, they, they might still... still have to do an appraisal or cer certain things, but it's much more affordable because they're expecting rates to go down. They have programs to be able to make it so that you can do that with less pain yeah, and with less out of pocket. So what's the prediction? What's the gen crystal ball got over there for rates in 2024, 2025? Well, Fed announced they're going to drop them three times this year. Okay, cool. They're 7.5% right now. We'll drop it to 7.2%. They are not 7.5% right now. They're 6.75. 
So I was just throwing a number. Oh, you were throwing a number out there. Okay. Yeah. They're like, they're about like six point, you know, eight two five right now for a good loan. They actually dipped really low. They went to almost 6.125 in December. That's a, they call it the kind of the cat bounce. That's what they call it in the economic world. So it always comes back up. Everyone takes a breather. I think by July, 4th of July, we'll be in the fives. That's so nice. I think if, if the Fed actually cuts rates, the lending world is going to just take the ball and run it with it. If the Fed cuts rates, a signal that inflation is totally under control. I also know that it's an election year. And in an election year, everyone likes to make things more affordable, seem better. And that happens on both sides of the aisle. So I fully That's expect- one thing I will take with election years. I can deal with having my phone blow up about 85,000 times a day yeah. with people trying to tell me who to vote for so long as I can- have everything else be a little more affordable. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't the credit crisis with Lehman and, and Bear Stearns happened November 15th, 2008. It was a week after Obama was elected. <laughs> they said. Yeah. They're like, all right. They're like, hold. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> That's right. You know, so, no, I do. I think we'll be in the fives somewhere. I think we're going to be in the sixes for good. I don't think we'll go back up into the sevens either. So you want a bold prediction. Do you think they'll ever go back to the threes? I don't. And if they do, we've got a serious problem because they've got to lower them to such a point where they may have to make it so enticing for people to invest. 3% was very much a, a byproduct of the co- of COVID. Everyone was so scared about people closing their businesses and everything like that. They lowered those interest rates so low just to make sure that people kept investing. And the home buyers got that message and really went crazy. Yeah. Which is what we saw in 2020, 2021, and 2022. So for a healthy market, don't wait for them to go back to 3%, but yeah. we're going to go celebrate once they're around the fives and fours. So Yeah. And listen, I think even at six, it, yeah. right now, if, if there's a downward trajectory, you can always refinance. And again, we have no crystal ball, but since when we first started this podcast, we had no guidance from the Fed to say that these rates were going to go down. And now we do. And not only, hey, we're thinking about it, they've already projected two to three cuts. And I think those are going to happen in the March and June meeting. So, And not for nothing, even if you're buying at 6%, you're saving $100 from when it was at 7%. And you, it's still a noticeable amount of money that you'll be saving to still be able to wait and refinance later. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, you should go to YouTube and, yes, and look please. at this graph because it, it's hard to actually state this on the podcast. But these numbers, we can unpack them multiple ways. But this is a pretty easy way for people to understand. It's, yeah, you go from 7 to 5%. You wait. Yeah, you're going to save on your monthly payment. But that entire time of paying rent while you wait for the rates to go from 7 to 5%, it's going to be a wash. It's going to take years for you to make up that cash. So I hope you, when you see it, you'll understand what we say or and what we'll, we're talking about. We'll put the link to the episode in the um, show notes if you're looking at, uh, listening on Apple or Spotify too. And you know what we can do is we can turn this graph into a link and then yes. it, in the show notes, we'll put this link here. So We'll, we'll make have, it available because we'll, we'll it's very we'll helpful. Our, we'll have our lovely editor, Whitney, take care of that for us. Thanks, Whit. <laughs> okay, so hope that helped at least a little bit, give you an idea of how interest rates work, how they're going to apply to you. I think they've gotten their fill of us on this one. Okay. See ya. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Millennia. For more information or to connect with us directly, you can always get a hold of us on Instagram at Millennia Podcast, double L, double N, or through each of our pages at Januski Gets It Done or at Ask Seth Anything. Until next time, keep moving up. Later. Later.